everybody. Welcome to the City Girls Pod. And this is the show where we are recapping back seasons of Sex and City. And, and just like that, we're having so much fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. I do feel like the episodes just keep getting more fun and spicier. Yeah. yeah. yeah we have these three are really good and a lot of character growth really for our characters in these episodes. And meeting so, one of our favorite characters. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about it. We're talking about season two, episode seven, eight, and nine today. So it's going to be fun. And with uh, our normal reminder, this show is a mature podcast uh, about a mature show. So if this is not your jam, we've got tons of other stuff on Hallmarkies Pod you can listen to. So there's no reason you have to listen to this if you don't <laughs> Don't slog through it if you're no. not ready for a mature podcast about a mature show with two mature women. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the first episode we're going to talk about is episode seven called The Chicken Dance. And this is all sort of around their friend Madeline his uh his first decorating Miranda's apartment but then she ends up meeting one of Miranda's friends and uh named Jeremy he says he's ready to get married he meets Madeline they fall in love instantly and they get married what four weeks later I think they said yes yeah four weeks later they get married and uh it causes just all kinds of shenanigans to go go down so I'm like I'm excited to to talk about this this episode uh and uh and Carrie has a lot of big moments with this. And then also she reads this poem, what we'll talk about. But overall, what do you think about this one? This one I thought is another one that's very peak Sex in the City, where we're getting to see a lot of fun storylines from our core four. And then a lot is happening with Big, which is interesting. And it's posing this really important question of, do you believe in love at first sight? So it's thought that they were sort of firing on all those cylinders in this episode. Yeah, I guess we should ask, do you, Jax, do you believe in love at first sight? No. No? Well, well, I believe that spark chemistry at first sight. And like, I do, here's how I describe this. I feel like sometimes when I meet certain people and not even in a romantic way, like the little girl I babysat for since she was a little girl, when I met her, there was something about her and I'm like, you're in my life forever. I I know you, we're meant to be connected. There's something in our souls that we're connected. I believe in that, but I don't believe in this notion of you lay eyes on someone for the first time romantically and you know that it's just going to work out. Like a real love takes the act of loving and and instead of just a feeling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it partly depends on your definition of love. Uh, you know, what sorry, that means. Cat's tail. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was love at first sight, you and your cat, right? That's true. Actually. Yes. <laughs> I've heard the story before. <laughs> um, I, I don't necessarily think it takes all that long. I believe you can know pretty quickly. I mean, on how I met your mother, Barney would talk about the lemon law that you can basically know within the first 20 minutes of a date, if it's a match and, and Robin at first is like, no, that's, that's ridiculous. You have to get to know somebody. But then she goes on this date with this, the star Wars nerd. <laughs> She's just like, he, cause he sets her up. And I, I do think you kind of know, like this has potential at least. 
And I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I believe that then this sort of magic thing, but I, but there is a philosophical concept to all of this, that the, the response, what's called the response of the other, right? So you meet somebody, you respond to their humanity as a person, right? And, uh, and then what happens is, is that then certain si- society uh, will get you to take away that response, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll take away that humanity. So they're, they'll make a person as, so being a human, a person is a slave, a person is a whatever, fill in the blank. And that yeah. allows you to remove that response. But it is a natural thing that we have to be kind of talked out of is, is that response to the human. And I do think that certain people that we just have more of that response. And I am, I'm a spiritual person. So I believe that there are people that God wants us to know and that we, we are, that are, as you said, supposed to be in our lives. So I, I think I maybe kind of do. You're such a Charlotte. (laughs) The way, the way you just articulated it so beautifully makes it have so much more substance than just, I think when we talk about it as the whole love at first sight, googly eyes thing, I think that's what I sort of have a little bit of resistance to, but the way you just said it made me made me feel a little tingly inside. So. Yeah. I mean, I've heard enough people that have said they saw the person and they knew that that was the person they were going to marry. I've heard so many people would tell those stories. My, my uncle Vernon will tell, he's, he tells it so funny, but he says the, the first time he saw my aunt Chris, he knew that he was going to marry her and uh, there was no doubt. And I've heard that for, for quite a few people that have had that experience. Uh, but obviously like real love does take time to kind of cultivate. And, uh, I mean, my, my cousin, my cousin, Kristen, she met her husband in March, I think of a year. And then they got married in June. So that was really fast. They got engaged like in two weeks, really fast. Uh, but they're still married. They seem to be doing great. So <laughs> you know, when you know, you know, I, you know, you know what I love and I, I'm pretty sure you've, you've seen the Linklater trilogy before sunrise oh, yeah. before sunset before midnight. I love the scene where they've just met and Ethan Hawke's character is saying to Julie Delpy's character, um, if I had a choice right now between marrying you and never seeing you again, I would marry you. And I think that there's something, there have been people in my life or like, I feel this way about my fiance, Alex. I didn't want to get engaged right when I met him, but if it would have been a choice in that moment of I never see you again and I get engaged, I would have done that. And I think that that always in that movie made me go like, oh, that's a version of this that I can get on board with that, you know, you feel something that is you hope will last. I also loved the fact that the four girls were all, you know, sitting on the stoop talking about this when they were talking about love at first sight. And, uh, and I thought that was just such a cute, set piece and moment yeah I do too it's so iconic New York hanging out on the stoop and then it's the four of them that are sort of in this together mm-hmm. yeah and I mean and Miranda's struggling because she invited this guy over to stay with her and then he ended up falling in love with her uh decorator and she's like am I invisible what's happening but it seemed like there was almost nothing in common between Miranda and Madeline so the fact that she, he didn't go for her is not really surprising because it seems like there's, they're totally different people. 
Yeah, Madeline is also a friend of Charlotte's and that's how Miranda got introduced to her. And Madeline seems a lot more like Charlotte to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so Big gives them three months. He's very cynical about it. Uh, but I mean, I guess that makes sense if he's, how many times has he been married? Three, four, something like that. A lot. Or, or like a, enough for late, like he's saying how many women he's giving keys to. He talks about that in another episode, but yeah, he's, he's pretty cynical. Yeah. Um, we also have Samantha. She is now, she has now had relations with everybody in New York city, every single man in New York city. And, more. and she realizes that <laughs> because she has a deja vu. <laughs> she realizes I've been with this person before. <laughs> I love that that dude knew that they had been together before, but thought that Samantha was playing like a sexy game of stranger. And she's like, no, I thought that you were a stranger. Yeah. There is another really good How I Met Your Mother episode where, where Ted goes on a, a date with this girl and he realizes that he's, they'd been on a date before. And so then they go back through all of their, what happened on their original date to see why it didn't work out. And uh, he's like, Hey, you were pretentious. You were, you know, that's a good one. It's, it's clever. I love that episode. And I had a moment like that when I was dating where I, I was on a dating app. I forget which app it was. Cause I did them all, but I was chatting with this guy and then we were like, Oh, this is fun. There was good banter. Let's exchange numbers and we'll make a date. I put his number into my phone and I had already had his number as a contact in my phone. I was like, we've done this before. We've done this before. And for some reason we never <laughs> went on a date and the conversation died. So I thought, oh, okay. I'm, and that was already after being single for a little while. I was like, I've been in the game for a minute now. <laughs> yeah, it's Samantha, she says, well, I have to either move or get married. <laughs> what you got? Really good. Uh, so Charlotte decides that she's going to be a sexy bridesmaid at this wedding so she wears a I thought a cute dress it wasn't that sexy but for Charlotte I guess it was I didn't think it was inappropriately attention seeking yeah I thought she looked lovely mm -hmm. and uh, she but she wants people to look at her she starts flirting with this guy named Martin and uh and she he he's the one that kind of walks her down the aisle he's the groomsman or whatever uh, in the wedding and uh yeah they get super they're super attracted to each other he gives a speech and uh and then it turns out that his parents are there and uh his dad tries to make a move on to charlotte she tells martin and he doesn't believe her he thinks she's lying and so that goes up in smoke real quick <laughs> yeah so I empathize with Martin for one hot second where I could see why you wouldn't want to believe something about your parents like that. But when he lashed out at her and said, you know, something about her wearing a revealing dress, he used yeah. not this nice word. And the way he snapped back at her with such venom, it's like, oh, you're a trash person. I don't like you. Like, I could understand if he was like, wait, are you sure? Or was a little resistant because he just met Charlotte and, you know, his dad is his dad. But I just could not believe the, the viciousness with which he attacked her. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she was right when she said that he's obviously never going to take my side on anything. 
And so that's the end of that, that relationship. So also Carrie is asked to write a poem because Madeline is a big fan of her, her column. She's asked to write a poem, which is like a totally different thing to write. A poem is really hard. I, I, you know, I write, I write reviews. I write, uh, you know, other things. Uh, I've done NaNoWriMo. I've written fiction on, you know, just for fun. And, uh, and I took a, a poetry class in college. We had to write this like little couplet. It was like no big deal. It took me weeks. <laughs> it was so hard. Poetry is not easy. No, it was difficult. I'm like, I, I'm clearly somebody whose who's job is to enjoy poetry, not write it myself because it's tough. And just because she's a, uh, a has a column does not mean she can write poetry. I <laughs> I was surprised that she did do a great job of it, especially that last line. Yeah. Was yeah. it she was a question to be answered and his answer was I do. Yes, I have the poem here. It's Oh, you have the poem. I yes. do, yeah. I have His hello was the end of her endings. Her laugh was their first step down the aisle. His hand would be hers to hold forever. His forever was as simple as her smile. She said instantly she knew she was a question to be answered. And his answer was, I do. Adorable. So good job, Carrie. Great job, Carrie, especially because you had to read that poem while your bogus boyfriend was on a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like big, I mean, he's been in all these failed relationships. You think he would know kind of be have a little more of a clue of what does and doesn't work at this point and basically if you're if your significant other is performing it doesn't matter if you don't like it if you like i mean even just a friend honestly like if if we lived in the same city and you were in a show i would go to your show even if i had no interest in it even though i would like answer the phone in the middle of it yeah, no, I would never do that. And uh, it's just, it's just about friendship, kindness, caring about people that you're with. Well, I, I found in, in this trio of episodes, actually, I found Big to be both really charming and endearing and really infuriating and confusing. And I think that, you know, at the top of this, he gives her the, the toothbrush head, the pink toothbrush head, and is trying to like welcome her to stay at his place. And then he wants to go to the wedding. So she is she is not even initially gonna invite him, but he wants to go. But then he gets weird when his name is on the invite with her. And he's like, how yeah. did they get my name? And he won't and- sign the card, mm-hmm. which is so well, rude. So rude. And actually yeah. it was nice for her to be like, sign the card so that he didn't have to get something on his own. And he says, well, they're your friends. It's like, mm-hmm. big, you are just, well, and then he wants to leave before they even throw the bouquet or anything. They haven't had cake. Uh, he's just not very, he's not a, a very good partner. Um, he did look at, very attractive in the suit though, in the tux. <laughs> I think that's the first time that we've seen big in a tux. He looked good. I love, I love the way your voice softened with that. You're like, well, he's not a good partner, but wow. <laughs> the man can wear tux. Yeah. Well, if you haven't listened to the Bridgerton recap, you'll hear a lot more of that. 
Uh, one, I need to catch up on Bridgerton and then I'm going to listen to that because that sounds great. Yeah. Um, so Carrie, she has this pink dress that she wears to the wedding and I really liked the dress. I did not like the color because I just felt like it washes her out. I don't think people that have blonde hair should wear like pastel colors. It just makes you, it's kind of like when she was wearing the naked dress, it just, I mean, by design, I'm supposed to wash her out, but I don't know. I just, I think she looks so pretty in bright colors. Um, so yeah, and I think just... the bright colors are so carry, you know, mm-hmm. although I, even though she was not feeling herself in this episode, I thought Miranda looked gorgeous at the wedding. I liked her dress. Yeah. <laughs> so I do have to ask as, as a New Yorker, do you not buy furniture until, until out of towners are coming to town? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I loved that. Yeah. I don't, I feel like until I know I'm going to have a visitor, things do not need to be in good working order. But for my apartment that I moved into in June, I guess, um, my, my mom and dad were coming that weekend. So I had to get my act together real quickly. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny to me. Uh, I mean, and I think that's true for so many of us that we, there's so many places that we live by that we never visit until somebody comes to town and then we're like taking them all around. Um, and there's this thing, I've got to get the guest room fixed up. <laughs> Somebody's coming. Presentable. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you give this episode one to 10? What do you think? Oh, I would give this one an 8.2. I, mm-hmm. I liked it. I think it's very iconic sex in the city. Um, but there are parts of it that frustrated me, not from, not from perspective of storytelling, but just, yeah, B- big wasn't making me feel all warm and fuzzy. And at the end they go home together, like it's supposed to make us feel all warm and fuzzy. So I would give yeah. it an eight too. What about you? I mean, I agree. I would say an eight. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably pretty, it was pretty good. Had a lot of fun moments and the poem was really good. Uh, but, but yeah. Uh, so, all right. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Episode eight. In this episode, we have a big and uh, big has some high moments, some low moments. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, Samantha starts dating an older man. And (laughs) so that's this one. And Basically, and then we also meet Miranda meets Steve. Steve's oh. a bartender who we all love so much and was treated. I mean, this just reaffirmed 
he was done wrong and it's like that and if they don't fix that in season two i will be furious they have to know how annoyed everybody was and they have to fix that i am with you girl justice for steve because we see not only is he charming and sweet to her the man in their first sexual encounter made her come twice and look i'm sorry like if she can't go back and erase history i'm not saying that she doesn't want to be with women now or she doesn't want to be with other people now but don't negate everything you have with steve at one time it was hot and popping yeah the fact that they're supposedly haven't had sex in 10 years and just like that is unbelievable unbelievable yeah Uh, so yeah well so big he introduces carrie as his girlfriend for the first time so that is kind of a big moment and i don't know if you noticed that they are in cantorini's where we just had dinner our restaurant <laughs> our restaurant that's right it was very exciting i was like oh i thought it was really cool <laughs> like they have I the same excited. wallpaper <laughs> this is rachel and jackson's place yeah that's right <laughs> um and then he sings karaoke to her which was cute oh i have to say rachel the top of this episode they're probably a little tipsy they're they're stumbling into the restaurant they're having fun they look so happy he sings carrie laughs and almost spits out her wine because it's so funny he introduces her as his girlfriend this is you know all the good carrie and big vibes which is why they have chemistry and why you feel like they should be together and then the toxicity hits right and so then Miranda is at a comedy club and they say that it is the, that it's hell or it's equivalent, to the comedy club. I, I have to agree. The only thing worse in my opinion than a comedy club is an improv comedy club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, of course, you've got like the whose line is it anyway, the people that are masters at it that are incredible. That's one thing. <laughs> I used to have a friend that was always trying to get me to go to the improv. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I just don't like it. I don't think it's funny. And it's, I don't know, not for me. Well, and as someone who actively, likes to root for performers like my best friend is on a sketch team so when i ask people to go to his show they're like oh no i don't like improv i'm like no no it's sketch it's sketch don't worry they've rehearsed it It, i promise you it's good (laughs) and i get it that the whole thing of improv is just keep saying yes to everything and i don't know i just i don't like it (laughs) but uh, but i I haven't i can't i'm trying to think i have been to improv clubs I, I don't know if I've ever really been to a comedy club. I've been to stand up before. Um, I've been to, I've actually seen Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so that was fun. I saw um, Brian Regan twice, who's so good. If you haven't, have you ever heard of him, Brian Regan? No. You definitely should listen to him. Everybody, the Hallmarkies will love Brian Regan. He's super family friendly, clean. Uh, hilarious so good he has i think two specials on netflix so oh and yeah, his cds are just so funny he's great brian regan brian regan yeah okay. regan he has a whole bit that he does about the fact that on the uh 
on the uh, pop tarts uh, box. They have microwave directions, and he's like, just in case the toaster. <laughs> like, and it and it says like microwave for I think eight seconds. He's like, if you need to get from <laughs> to <laughs> nothing to food in eight seconds. <laughs> It's really, he's very funny. I highly, highly recommend uh, Ryan Regan. He's, and like I said, I think Hallmarkies will really enjoy him because he is, um, he's very clean. Well, and I don't like, I don't necessarily need all my comedy to be clean comedy, but what I, what I really don't like is comedy that just has very nasty combative tone. And this Mm -hmm. comedian was so vile. He was yeah, so yeah. mean and I couldn't stand it. Yeah, he was terrible. Terrible and just kind of badgering the audience. And uh, so that wasn't that wasn't great. That was bad. And uh, I mean, if you want something edgier that's very funny is our friend Jen Kirkman. Her specials on Netflix are very funny. Definitely, you know, not Hallmark approved, but <laughs> she's hilarious. She's really funny. So check that out. Uh, but he was terrible and, but she's there with a comic and they had bonded, um, and his phone rings. And this is before the day of, uh, security codes. Uh, so she answers it because the guy is badgering her about it. And, uh, and it's this guy's wife, which is super, super terrible. Yeah. I mean, he did two things wrong. He's cheating. And also he left his phone on and unattended during a show it's like come on dude so then charlotte claims that a friend of her friends of her friend that they had she that had dated a married guy and that the guy left his wife and are becoming an amazing father and they claim this is urban relationship myth and i i agree i i mean I'm not saying it's never happened. I'm sure it has happened, but I certainly wouldn't count on it happening. And I certainly wouldn't enter into a relationship with a married person expecting it to happen. That's for sure. Because of this relationship urban myth. Yeah. And I thought that the way they set this up is great too, with, you know, Charlotte saying this happened to my friend of a friend. It's like, no, we, this is, it is, it's an urban legend that, these things and it's not just about um married people and things like that but and see stories that you hear that give you hope that you actually someone probably made up to give false hope at least in these instances yeah and she says and so then she says well what about big and carrie and miranda says yeah that hasn't changed at all and Carrie tries to make it seem like it's changed, but she's kind of talking herself into it. So she says, do modern day singles need modern day myths to kind of get through it? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so then we have Big making veal for Carrie, but then Miranda calls and says, why, why aren't you here? And that I definitely take issue with because it doesn't matter if, if your guy's making veal if you shouldn't still stand up your friend i this bummed me out yeah, i mean and, and not only carrie canceling bummed me out because i don't think that that's right i wouldn't do it to a friend and i hope a friend wouldn't do it to me however let's just say 
it happens. Give people space. If they're really excited about a relationship, say it happens. You at least need to be properly apologetic and empathetic to their feelings. And Carrie, she had two strikes against her. She canceled and then she wasn't properly apologetic about it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, agreed. She's like, you're not only eating veal, (laughs) you need politically incorrect meal, but you're also just standing up your friend. It's super rude. And, uh, and then also we have, uh, Samantha, she, uh, we get our first introduction of Donald Trump in this, in this episode that, uh, that, that knocked, that knocked an automatic point off of it for me. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's just so interesting how life has changed. Uh, we would never have guessed in a million years what has happened, but, uh, She's got a cosmopolitan and Donald Trump. You don't get more New York than that. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so, we wouldn't, I mean, how could we? Yeah. And also it's even humorous to think about that. And then to think about Cynthia Nixon running for office. It's like, what is yeah. going on? Well, and it's not only, only this show. He was also, cause I did the Fran cast. He was also on the nanny, like at least twice, which is just crazy i don't know it's funny he's got plenty um, of sag credits there yeah, i guess like, yeah, he does good, he does power to him <laughs> uh, and here's the thing with this old man that's named ed who starts dating samantha i don't understand why she has a problem with this i mean he seems charming he seems nice she's never really had boundaries that i've seen uh and i don't know it age is just a number i don't understand why it's a big deal i think that he seems smarmy however i don't think that has anything to do with his age and i don't think he's any more or less appealing than other men she's dated does that make sense like i don't to me the age is also inconsequential what part of it seems smarmy to you The, Um, the fact he's giving her all the necklaces or okay I just have a weird thing like okay he's just doing this like deal with Trump and then he comes over and like he's flaunting his money and the way Mm -hmm. he's talking to her I prefer again this is just a me thing I probably have I'm more of someone who pursues people so I and I, I tend to like people that are a little bit, maybe not shy, but not that bold. So it, it's probably just more what I'm attracted to rather yeah, than I mean, his personal against this guy. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought that he was pretty charming. I, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Uh, but, um, I was surprised that Samantha had such an issue, I guess, with him, but well, I'm yeah. surprised he hasn't dated guys that age. A lot. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then Miranda, because Carrie blew him off, blew her off uh, to be with big for the veal. Um, she starts chatting with Steve, the bartender. And I asked on Twitter, I said, is the whole idea of the, uh, is the whole idea of the bartender philosopher that you see so often? I was like, is that real? Cause I'm not a drinker. So I have never been in a bar and I, uh, except for ones that are like attached to restaurants and stuff. So I really don't know. And I got a ton of responses. Found it. So I asked the question, <clears throat> I said, as a non-drinker, is the whole thing of a therapist bartender who you share all your problems with a real thing? So here's some of the answers I got. 
I have um, Rachel McMillan, our friend. She says, I often take my laptop to pubs and overhear all manner of combos. And yes, this is a thing at my regular haunts. I overhear so many ongoing episodes. Bartenders are not paid enough. Uh, Cam Christian says, it's a very real thing. 15 years in that business. Uh, Rachel Masters says, no, they want you out of their face as soon as possible, unless it's a local where everybody knows your name type pub like atmosphere. Uh, in search of a better name says, I wish I probably would have appreciated more when really hanging around bars, uh, around 2015 to 2020 Katie Carter says, Oh, hundred percent. Yes. Uh, movies places depends, but I think it's kind of like that movie TV stereotype where all bar- barbers are therapists for men. Ugh. Um, DZ Weifler says, if you were single in the time before the internet, you could go into a bar and talk to absolute strangers who were often happy to converse with you, bartenders included another of life's small pleasures gone by having this and other health sites click away on your phone. Uh, Nathaniel Rogers says, I love going to bars, but have never witnessed it. Maybe it's an alcoholics only thing where they constantly at the same bar being served by the same person. Uh, anyway, it goes on. I had a ton of responses, uh, but I thought that was interesting as somebody again, who does not drink, have never really been in a bar. Um, this whole idea that you've seen so many movies of this sort of therapist bartender. Uh, I don't know if you have any, uh, experience the, uh, well, opinion one way or another on this one. I definitely think it's true in the sense that not only I've experienced it a little bit, but not a ton. Um, I like bars, but I don't go that frequently, but actually my fiance, Alex, I met him through my friend who was his bartender and we had dinner the other night. It was, it was Alex and me. And then my friend, Samantha and her boyfriend, she met her boyfriend at the bar and she met my guy at the bar. So like she was their therapist bartender and now she's dating one and I'm dating the other. So I think it's really funny because they totally would spill their guts to her. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's true. I've seen it in action. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. But how just charming is Steve? He's just great. Oh, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. He is. Oh, I just wanted to climb through the TV and just like pinch his cheeks and like I kiss him on the mouth. Frankly, I did. Did you? Yes. (laughs) He was so dreamy and charming. And especially when Big is being such a butt. And so you've got this contrast and Carrie says, how could I believe the urban relationship myth where a self-centered 42 year old magically transformed into a grown man, you could bring out in public. And so then you've got, you've got Steve who is the opposite, who is so charming when he's like, why do you hate guys so much? Uh, and maybe I'm not some full of blank guy. Like that was just so refreshing and great because how often do we see that like girl power equals hating men? And I hate that. That's awful. And so here he's kind of calling her on that and calling Miranda on her BS for lack of a better word. Well, I think you actually have the perfect word. Like I think Miranda is, (laughs) look, I understand why she's upset. I'd be upset if my best friend canceled on me too. But she was given some serious toot. He called her on it and then gave her a wonderful night. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. 
full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. And uh, she asks Big to meet her friends and she's excited about it. She wants them, him to be in their life. And, and that's like so understandable. I, I, you, you don't have to be their best friends, but you certainly should meet them. You should know them because they're going to be a part of your, your life. I mean, I don't, it's just common courtesy, I think, in a relationship. Uh, and look, it's not as if Carrie's friends are boring people. Right. People that are so outside of what he would connect to. I I just, I don't understand why he wouldn't want to. Or you just have like a meal. Yeah. I mean, everybody has to eat dinner. So you eat dinner with her friends. Who cares? It's ridiculous. Well, Uh, you and I are in the camp of we'll have a meal with anyone. Yeah, that's true. I I laugh about you saying that all the time. (laughs) I think it's one of the cutest, most endearing things. And I'm, I'm of the same mind. Like if you're free, we've got to eat dinner. Yeah. Why wouldn't he just go meet her friends? Mm-hmm. There used to be somebody, I never did it and I regretted it, but there used to be this person who, uh, in, uh, in, uh, where the, where I used to live, where they, it was like on social media or whatever, everybody knew that he would be at a, a local restaurant, particular restaurant, uh, every, it was like every Thursday or whatever. And, uh, and I think I read an article about it or something. And, that uh, that it kind of chronicled all the different people. He's like, come and we'll have a you know have a meal together, and he did a thing about all the different people that would that took him up on that and would and that had a meal with it. And I think I stuff like that. that that's like the glory of social media. That's social media at its best when it connects us to each other and gets us to to understand people we wouldn't have come in contact with otherwise. Uh, but but I mean here, big. He's not even willing to meet like very important people. It's not like this is just say they were having a, a New York times meeting, mm-hmm. you know, with her associates and other people or that horrible podcast that I can understand not wanting to be involved in. <laughs> not, not meeting her best friends. I mean, come on. Yeah. And it's just so bonkers because it's not as if they haven't been dating a long time. Like this is not rushing anything along. Yeah. So Miranda says that maybe she can believe in love with Steve, with Steve, which is so cute. Uh, that is, that was the night we stopped and, the the myth and started being real. And, uh, and then big does come, he kind of comes begrudgingly, but he does come. Uh, so what would you give this episode one to 10? Oh, I mean, okay. I'm going to give it a nine. I lost the point because Trump was in it, but it's Steve. <laughs> we need Steve. Yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, what about yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Big is frustrating, but, you know, that's part of his character arc, I guess. Uh, and um, 
So yeah, I think an 8.5 or nine. This episode, episode nine, we basically have that there's a whole lot of men in New York who are oogling women and including big. And he keeps looking at women when he's with Carrie, which is so rude. Like we talked about last time about the fact that you can't necessarily turn it off. The fact that, that, you know, you find somebody attractive, fine. But that doesn't mean your eyes have to constantly be wandering when you're with the per- your partner. Yeah, big. I mean, okay, well, I'm guilty. <laughs> uh, well, like, I think women are beautiful. And yeah, my yeah. fiance will always say, he's like, man, if I looked at women the way that you look at women, <laughs> he's like, our relationship would be in trouble. But it it is that thing of just being, especially in New York, I don't think it's the fact that there are more beautiful women in New York. I just think there's more people. And you're, you're seeing, like, in other places, people are in their cars, but in New York, you know, we're walking, we're seeing people. And yeah, I, I, I sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, just beautiful, interesting people all around. Maybe the problem is not as much the looking. It's the fact that Carrie doesn't feel like she can talk to him about it, about yeah. the fact that it bothers her and that they can deal with it, I guess. And, you know, that that's, that's the point of major concern because it sounds like, like you and your fiance can kind of just joke about it and be like, oh, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm joking. yeah. Um, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> uh, and so I think that's the problem is that they just don't have a very healthy relationship. And I mean, the, the best that she can get out of him is that he doesn't like her eating oranges in bed. I mean, not much, not yeah. much. Well, and I think it's it's the looking and also the the scene with the cigar. He's yeah. really flirting yeah. with everyone too. And yeah, he's creating. Like it's so flirty. And I don't know. I just like he's flirting with the waitress. He's flirting with the woman at the table. Like I know he's just trying to get what he wants. And maybe you can think of that as just being he's trying to be charming or friendly, but I just don't. Yeah. I don't like the vibe of it. She also punches him in the face. I mean, we're, we've just had this crazy thing at the Oscars and people are all talking about assault and everything like that. Now, is that too far on Carrie's part that she punches him? Well, I, <laughs> he knocked her out of bed. He, yeah. her. he didn't mean to. He didn't yeah. mean to. Actually, I wanted to ask you about this, Rachel. So, okay, he, obviously it's accidental when he knocks her out of bed, but it's jarring. It's, you know, scary for her. It might've hurt a little bit. Just, was her punch like a reaction or do you think it was calculated? Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like it was a reaction. Okay, good. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably not the best thing to have a react, a violent reaction like that, but but she's just letting it all build up and build up and build up until she, she has that reaction. So it's an interesting thing. What did you think of drag queen bingo? <laughs> I was over the moon that Samantha met a drag queen. Yeah, that was that so funny. And modeled herself after Samantha because I think they used to date. Yes. Yeah. He went drag after her. Uh, and <laughs> she's kind of proud of this she's like she could change a change a man <laughs> she and she did into her I mean yeah. 
I've actually been to not drag queen bingo, but a drag queen brunch for my cousin's 21st birthday. And it was so fun. I love drag queens. I think that what they do is incredible and it's fun and performative. And um, yeah, I just think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, And then, (laughs) and then we have uh, the Charlotte is dating a guy named Mike, who's a restaurant critic. Uh, he calls her a five whisk woman which made me laugh he does <laughs> that was funny um and she said so he's not circumcised and that bothers her and uh so then he ends up getting circumcised for her but then he's like i can experience the world i don't need to hurt you i mean this whole plot it was a little bit funny but it was was just kind of there yeah I mean I I find I find it a little upsetting the way Charlotte I mean I'm probably being too serious about this but I just I I think talking about something as vulnerable and private as someone's genitals and critiquing them is like kind of well and she's not even jewish so i at this point so maybe i don't so i don't really understand why it would be a big issue but no well and i think like i think a lot of it it's so it was i think it's becoming less and less popular but it's so popular for american men regardless of their um religious affiliation to be circumcised but a lot of people aren't, and especially men from other places. And I think yeah. it's becoming yeah. less common. So I don't know why it was such a big deal. And I hated the way they talked so negatively about what it looked like. In fact, Samantha's perspective on it was the one that I was like, yeah, you go girl. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it, but I find it hard to believe she's only slept with five men. who Same. Are- <laughs> that seems hard to believe um but uh but yeah and then we have the problem with steve and miranda and their schedules not matching uh because he's a bartender so he's out late she's a lawyer he wants to uh have romantic mornings and uh and it's uh hard for her and so that that's a tough thing because like what do you do i mean that's your job i don't know it's tough yeah your jobs don't align this I thought was a very relatable and there's no right or wrong in this. It's just difficult. And I thought, yeah, I really liked the storyline because I thought that they were both trying to do what they could to make it work, but it is an obstacle that has nothing to do with how much you care about the person. Yeah. And then when he calls her, go to the window, a blue moon. It was so good. I was like, how did they ruin this character? I didn't even know it was so good. Rachel, they need, they need to go back and do what we're doing and do a rewatch and, and get themselves sorted for season two. HBO Max, if you're listening, call us up. We're available. We really are. We're here for you. (laughs) We would give you, we can make your show so much better. (laughs) We have ideas. We're happy to shoot down your bad ideas. Yes. Jackson and Rachel here. Yes. He says, once in a blue moon, you can change a woman. It was cute really cute so yeah this episode i think was pretty good so i i would probably give it an 8.5 
Yeah, I would, I would too. I, yeah, big still getting under my skin, yeah. but what are you going to do? Maybe an eight, eight, maybe an eight. Yeah. yeah. So let us know if you're listening, what you would give these episodes. We would love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter at city girls pod. Please check us out there. And Jax, where can people find you? At Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also make sure that you are following the Hallmarkies podcast, the Hallmarkies pod, and Hallmarkies podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and we are doing our next voicemail giveaway promo which is very exciting so if you want to have will camp kevin mcgarry or tyler hines read your voicemail greeting enter they become a patreon every dollar that you uh, are on patreon will be an entry in whatever hunk you want to do your voicemail and it's super fun and we can also make a donation on ko-fi have all that information in the description please help us out we it means so much to us and allows us to do what we do. So take a look at that. And thanks so much, Jax. And we'll talk next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>